0: Nicolas Cage is probably one of our generation's definitive actors.
1: Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's Your main man Andy Gillard here. Hope everyone's doing well in the world right now.
0: Hi everybody, Matt Guy here, ready to eat some humble pie.
2: And will that humble pie taste sweet? Hell, hell, yes it will. People other than me liking a Marvel film. This this is going to be interesting, actually. Hello, everyone.
1: I, I, I recently, I, we hadn't penciled in to chat about Doctor Strange because I thought it'll just end up being me and Matt, sort of. Not hating the film, but not being overly infusive about it. And you obviously loving it, Stu. And we've come out the other side. Like, a little bit invigorated by it, almost. It's been quite an oddity of a film, this one. It sort of brought us all together for the first time ever, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So we're visiting the MCU for the first time in 2022. Uh, Well, on the big screen, at least, that is. Uh, bringing Benedict Cumberbatch back, back, Cumberbatch back, that is a tongue twister, as the titular physician, this time saving all of the universes all over. Uh, it's a film which has generally been pretty well received. It's got a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 74 on IMDb. Picking up an opening weekend of $187 million in the United States alone. It is the 11th highest ever domestic opening in the United States. Not just of Marvel films, of all films that have ever been made. <laughs> 11th. The worldwide total of the, the opening weekend was 448000000 million. It's been an absolute stunner. I, I genuinely didn't see that coming. There wasn't a lot of... Um, the trailer didn't really excite me personally, and I don't think I saw a lot of people going into the film like, really hyped about it. So that number is quite awesome. Obviously, my big, biggest personal draw to this film is that it's Sam Raimi returning, directing his first feature film in almost a decade. It's the first film he's done since 2013 as The Great and Powerful. Um I think what we'll do, though, we'll give a high-level overview of what we thought of the film. We'll only talk about what was in the trailer, so we won't spoil anything, um, and then we'll do a spoilery bit where we talk about a couple of characters that we can't talk about yet. Um, but just check the podcast description, because you might need to skip ahead when we get there. But we'll give you warning by that point. Um, so before we get into Doctor Strange, I thought we should talk about what uh three or four favorite mcu films or tv series are um because this is one that's provoked a little bit more chat than i expected it to in our in our group so i think if we can just say sort of what kind of marvel film we generally go for i think that might be a good place to start um Stu, when we did our top fives i remember avengers was top two if i remember correctly with yourself so yeah give, give me two or three more alongside there that you think are a the best of the best when it comes to the MCU.
2: I mean, I have got my MCU rankings document here. At hand. <laughs> of
1: course, you have.
2: <laughs> and um, I haven't actually put this in yet. So I'm not sure where it's going to go, to be honest. Um,
1: well, I'll ask you I'll, that I'll, at the end. So just yeah, tell me what you've got before Doctor Strange.
2: I'll go. My top five uh, be, before I saw this was Infinity War 5, Guardians of the Galaxy 4. Spider Man No Way Home 3, Captain America Winter Soldier, number 2, and Avengers Brackets Assemble, number 1.
1: Mm-hmm. And is there anything about those five films in particular? Is there a theme or something that is why they would be there? Or is that just because they're the, the biggest, most bombastic? Because I know that's generally your type, isn't it? Is big and loud and
2: fun. <laughs> well, you can kind of draw that from them. They are all kind of big and bombastic, though are they really—they're not. Mm. None of them are. I think Winter Soldier is probably the more filmy of the lot of them, and that's number two. Yeah, I've said loads, loads, of times that you could just watch that as a spy film on its own, and and appreciate what it is. But I think that they're all, they're all kind of similar. But I mean, Guardians is obviously the funniest of the lot, the five. By a mile. Mm-hmm. it's the weirdest, most out there. Spider-Man, No Way Home is obviously the nostalgia fa- factory, and we've already talked about that a few months ago. I don't think there is actually a, a common theme there, really, other than the fact that they're, they're all very good. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I don't think there's there's one kind of overarching. Oh yeah, I like this because it's the mise en scène and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't apply <laughs> to these films, does it? It's just they are what they are. And when I, I, I mean that took me an hour when I did that before Christmas. <laughs> Trying to try to put them into into order of my preferences and stuff. And I've looked over that list quite a few times and there's not been many movement up and down at mm. all. So I think that's this is not in that top five, I'll say it now. Um but I've got an idea where it can go.
1: Mm. Okay. Matt, have you got four or five films that um you really, really like in MCU? <laughs>
0: Do we count Deadpool in this list? Not yet. It's not in the phases of, you know, in the MCU phases, but it is Marvel property. So, but if we're talking about just the the phases as as we know it, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know what goes in at my number five, to be fair, Um, because the ones I like, I really like, and the rest I I tend, I think, are quite disposable, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'd probably say... Spider-Man: Homecoming is my number five. I really enjoyed it. I just think it was fun. It wasn't take. It wasn't serious, but it wasn't the silly bollocks that No Way Home was. Um, then probably Doctor Strange. Then Guardians of the Galaxy. How much? Sure how many have I got left? Two spaces then, left. Then Civil War, and then um, Infinity War. Endgame doesn't doesn't make that list, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I think the same, to be honest, with Endgame. Uh obviously every time a Marvel film comes out, everyone on Twitter talks about how great Endgame is and it's that's like the pinnacle. And it's really not. Like it's just about top ten. It's fine.
2: It's like twelve for me.
1: I mean, yeah, I think that that's fair, like it's not that great a film. Um I'd only, got, I'd only put three down for mine that I think uh, like the, my three favourite films would have been Guardians of the Galaxy, Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok for me. And I think that the reason that those three stand above the rest personally is they're the three that I feel are the least Marvel movie machine kind of films. They're the ones that, if you think of it like an ice cream, every Marvel film is vanilla ice cream. Those three feel like the ones which have got a little bit of a, a director inflection to them. They're like vanilla with strawberry or chocolate sauce on top because you can see that Guardians is a James Gunn movie, that Panther is a Coogler movie, and that Ragnarok was a Taika Waititi. And I think that's why Doctor Strange, this one that we're here to discuss, um, Multiverse of Madness, I think that's why it's pushing for like the top 10% for me is because it's a very Sam Raimi film, which is not what I was expecting going in. Obviously, Stu, you avoided all of the trailers going into this, didn't you? Mm Mm-hmm. So what were your expectations? Having seen nothing of it, did you have any expectations?
2: The only thing I'd seen was the bit, the very brief teaser at the end of... uh, was Was it No Way Home? Or was that something else? Or was it, um, yeah, it was. Yeah, M- Morbius. I can't remember the all. Um, yeah, whichever. Whether when they annoyed me with, with that, bringing that on, um, that was all I'd seen. And so, seen knowing that she was in it, and it was carrying on from One Division, I thought, oh, okay. So this, but again, we'll talk about it later. But I didn't expect it to go where it went. Um, yeah, I just i I kind of had a bit of knowing that she was in it and watching and quite enjoying a lot of what if as well and Timey why me kind of in general. And the fact that I loved No Way Home and that concept of the three Spider-Men and the kind of all in one place. I, I went in not really expecting to expect anything. <laughs> it doesn't really make much sense trying to explain it because I went in with it as much of an open mind with this one as I ever have in any of them. And I was very I was very surprised in places where it went. Mm. Let's put it that way.
1: Matt, you've been very vocal on this podcast about your scepticism of multiversal stories.
0: Mm-hmm. So you've got to have been pretty apprehensive going into this one, surely. Oh, 100%. Like I had the echoes of, of No Way Home ringing in my ear and I had all of the the issues that i had surrounding the the way that that movie ended and and how time travel in general in storytelling not just in marvel is a really easy get out of jail free card for poor storytelling um so i just feared that it would be exactly that and it would just be a proper clusterfuck of let's just throw the paid version of photoshop at it to put it in simplistic terms, we've got all the gadgets and gizmos, we can just make this an absolute visual spectacle. Fuck the story. Story doesn't matter because this is this is Marvel and this is what we do. Um that was my anticipation going into it, but the simplicity and stupidity of the subject matter was actually its one of its biggest strengths in this film because like it oddly works like seamlessly well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's got a point that I hadn't really thought about putting in this because it's more of a moon night thing, but it kind of feels like over the the course of phase four, that Marvel have tried to move to more character based stories where they're trying to use characters to to push the story along. Whereas this one actually felt like this was just characters in a story that was happening. So they've done it the other way around. And I feel that, that it works a lot better in this movie. Like, As a character study, Moon Knight was fine, but there was not enough plot there to push this along. This was just a plot-driven movie, and it worked perfectly for a comic book film. They didn't want to make it some deep and meaningful nonsense, because it didn't need to be. It's a bright, colourful Marvel comic book. Like, if you want Deep and Meaningful, you do generally have to go more towards your, your Batman of the world to get that. When it comes to Marvel, you don't need that. You just need surface level sheen. And that, that's what this movie was. There was And there was a lot of good to it. I thought the visuals in this movie were quite spectacular in points. One of the big criticisms that's been coming out about this film though is there's not a lot of multiverse madness going on here. The only real other multiverse that we got to see, to any great length of time, was the. How do I said this, that's spoiling it. Uh, was the universe where we meet Bruce Campbell's character when he makes his cameo appearance? Because obviously it's Sam Raimi, you've got to have Bruce Campbell in there. And the big difference in that universe was that they cross on green. No, they cross on red and stop on green. Like it looked basically like this world. Could they have done a bit more, do you think? Could we have seen a little bit more multiverse than just... We got that one, and then we got the one that was collapsing in on itself, which, again, looked pretty much like the universe that we see. Matt, do you think they could have given us more, or was that enough?
0: I think because we had that montage um, where they're falling through the different multiverses and it's verges on, like, Steamboat Willie and all different... You know, the painting
1: universe as well. Yeah, like shapes yeah. and sizes.
0: I think because of that, he's just about got away with it, really, in terms of showing that there's an infinite possibilities of of the universe. I mean, yeah, it probably would have been quite fun if they'd if if they'd have spent a little bit more time in in each of these. But it's a means to an end, really. It's still like a two hour movie. Don't know how much more they would have wanted to have shaved off to make way for what is probably something that's probably throwaway and more of mm. like a visual pleasure than a, than a plot device.
1: Apparently, the original cut was 2 hours 40. Mm. They came back and did some reshoots, and the reshoots actually ended up editing out a shitload of stuff, getting it down to about 2 hours 5, I think it ended up at, for the main story, not including the uh, the trailers. Stu, would you want to see more of the, the multiverses, or were you happy with what you were given?
2: Yeah, Um it's kind of, it's, we're still in this weird situation, Amy, where you don't quite know how much was filmed pre-Covid and then during and where things were outsourced with the with the CG and wherever And I think under, under normal life, we might have actually seen more. Um, but again, I, w- I was surprised how short it was because we've kind of got accustomed now to our Marvel movies are at least two and a half hours long. That, that's mm. just what they are. And this being shorter than that was, I mean, I watched it in 4DX, so I was kind of glad in the end that it was only two and a bit hours because I was completely battered and bruised and thrown around. But um, (laughs) yeah, it reminded me a lot of uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, where especially the the jumping through the uh, the dimensions and stuff, and you you saw all the the different ones, not just Paint World and the other ones as well. I thought that was very similar to that game. Mm. But yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen more versions of each character um, than we got because yeah. the whole in the multiverse of madness kind of makes you think, okay, we've had three Spider-Men a few months ago. Now how many of Doctor Strange are we going to get? And it's kind of, well, okay. We didn't really get that much.
1: No, we got, We've got the one from the very beginning, which isn't a spoiler because we've seen him in the trailer. We've got the one from the collapsed world, which again is in the trailer. And we've got the main strange. So did we only get the four versions of the three versions of strange? I, I can't remember another one. Oh, and there's obviously the one from the, the one the, the land that they fall into as well, isn't there? Who we, we briefly meet. So, yeah, there isn't a lot of it, but I think that they... Like Matt said, they could have gone on and done more, but it would be at the expense of making it a much longer film, and I don't think that would have made it very interesting, personally. Uh, the story, at a very basic level, is that America Chavez is being chased by an evil power wanting to take her powers away. Chavez has the powers across the multiverse until she runs into Doctor Strange in the main Marvel universe, and together they try to save her. What did you think of... I think it's pronounced Sochi Gomez as America Chavez. Were you a fan of her? Because like she only had limited screen time, but I thought she was—I don't know—like you did. Gen- I genuinely, actually, felt for the character when we get a bit of her backstory with her her powers causing the disappearance of her parents and stuff. Matt, what would you think of of yeah, Sochi of as, as the actor and America as the character?
0: Mm-hmm. well i think um, as an actor i mean she played she played her role pretty pretty well in terms of kind of a young innocent teen uh, you know there were, there were a lot of x men vibes to her character mm. no pun intended mm-hmm. um and there, there was an element of her not being comfortable with her powers it being more of a curse than a blessing um and everything else there was a genuine there was a genuine um jeopardy to her character because we see it in the first scene, essentially. So actually, I think she played it off really well. Like mm-hmm. You care about this character because you know, like the start of the casino, what's about to happen? You know, that there's, at some point, you know, she's going to face her untimely demise. But obviously the film plays itself out as it does. Um, I think it was an interesting character. For someone that is completely new to my eyes, at least, I haven't got a clue if she's in the comics or not very quickly it's established what she's about and what her motivations are and why she's doing what she's doing. Again, pretty well scripted and and, and played out, unheard of in this franchise.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Stu, what were your thoughts on Sochi and America?
2: Yeah, I'd actually got, she reminded me a bit of Rogue. Um, Mm -hmm. That kind of, that vulnerability of not knowing how to control a powers and not really wanting a powers either. Um, again, which isn't explained what she is and how she can do this. The, if if this gets fucking linked into Eternals, I want to scream because, <laughs> you know, I was kind of, I was expecting it because I thought, well, we haven't had one of these before. What is she? What kind of, is, is she a celestial being? Is she just a one-off? um, um But... Yeah, I thought she was fine. Like Matt, I had no idea who who this was. No clue. Um, I know Ms. Marvel from that's coming up soon. Um, obviously from the Avengers game from a couple of years ago. Uh, but America Chavez, not no one, not one iota. Um, and no. but yeah, I liked it. I, I liked it. that she was she had a bit of sass about her as well, and, and she really couldn't give two shits about who he was.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed her performance as well I thought she was good uh, the, the character America Chavez She is from the comic book She does have a history I don't think she's an old character I think she's relatively new to the MCU It does look like they're going to Eventually tie her in with Ms Marvel as you've, you've just mentioned she mm-hmm. And we're probably going to be heading down The Young Avengers route So I think you're spared from any more Eternals bollocks thankfully so, I don't think that we'll be revisiting
0: them times soon. Before we go any further, and before I forget, how insane did Avatar 2 look in terms of visually?
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, I've said millions of times, I like, don't give a fuck about it. But Get it on it board. Looks, like, aesthetically, fucking gorgeous. I, I might go I was, and see it. I was just stunned.
0: For that. I was stunned by it. Like, I was like, wow, this looks sensational.
2: We need to do this one properly. This needs proper IMAX, not Super Screen. It needs IMAX and Dolby Atmos.
1: Probably right, to be fair.
2: And a a five, guys, as well. Full day out in Birmingham. (laughs)
1: Um, I think if we move on to spoilers now, so if you're listening, check the description and you can skip ahead towards the... Uh, the end part where we, we sum it all up. Um, <clears throat> one character obviously needs to be discussed is Wonder. Is this a Doctor Strange film or is this a Wonder Maximoff film? Because it does seem to be more about her and what she is going through than it does about what Strange is going through. Matt, what do you think?
0: Having not watched a second of um I was appreciative of all of the wonderness of this film and actually understanding her motivations and everything else um but like every good comic book film it should be about the villain anyway like really like you should understand them and why and then then have your triumphant hero at the end anyway um but the, her her arc in this is is it's so simplistic but that's why it works so well like the the mother just wanting to do right by her kids, mm-hmm. however imaginary, is completely believable. She might not be believable as a witch and and that whole story, but actually her baseline motivations and emotions are completely believable, and that's what made her so great as a villain. Like, she was excellent as a villain. I was really, really, um, you know, for a character in the the, the the movies prior to this, a character I didn't really give two shits about, if I'm honest, um, completely turned around in this.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think that she's the most inconsistently written character in all of the films. Like you'll you'll understand my reference here, Matt. She's the big show of <laughs> the Marvel franchise because yeah. she is whatever the director of whatever film needs her to be. She can yeah. be a good guy one week, can be a bad guy the next week, and then a good guy the week after because she can do a bit of everything. And that inconsistent inconsistency has just made her. Anesthetic to me, just puts me to sleep. I, I don't find her an interesting character until this film. Like I was genuinely, like almost rooting for her to burn down the multiverse because you felt for a, like her motivations. As you said, they were identifiable human traits, and she's not really a human. I mean, I, I don't get into the whole Marvel mutant stuff, as is but she's not. She's a witch, so. They did a really good job of humanising her character, I think. Stu, you watched WandaVision and, like me, hated it. How do you feel her story arc fed on? Because, obviously, at the end of WandaVision, she accepted that she didn't have the kids and that uh, Vision was dead. And then, obviously, she's now back because she wants her kids. So there is something of a, a little bit of a repeat, uh, stepping on the toes, is there, or, or do you think there's more to it?
2: No, I, I think I did. I did say you know, that in the uh, in the GC that we um, that he would have to watch WandaVision and suffer through WandaVision division to to enjoy this properly. But then because it does kind of jump into it like it does, I think it does a very good job compared to how these. How the MCU series are an a viable option if you want them, but they're not a necessity yet. Where I thought this very much would be um, for someone who hadn't seen it, but for us who did suffer through that nonsense, especially the if the like we said before, if then first two episodes, two and a half episodes didn't exist, it'd be fine. But the fact that we had to suffer that hour and a half of, of shit makes it. It's it can't be any worse than that. So again we didn't say that stuff doesn't appeal to us. But I think the fact that what happened in division with the Agatha bollocks and all that kind of, and the dart hold kind of warping her mind. And when you see her banishing herself to the cabin in the woods mm-hmm. and you think, yeah, well, she's going to go into, she's going to turn into a loner and she's going to go mad. You can see exactly what's going to happen here <laughs> because she'd yeah. already, she'd already started going mad. And, and as she was hovering at the end of the, the last episode before she went into the cabin? When she turned into the Scarlet Witch, you think, okay, here we go then. So it made perfect sense, and this film was a sequel to that series. It just was. Mm, yeah.
1: Matt, has this film given you any what's the word I'm looking for? Has it has it made you want to watch WandaVision at all?
0: No. Not particularly. No, think because was. Because I've got I've got my conclusion and I didn't need to spend ten hours. Like that to me is a, even more a damning uh, uh, an indictment of what I understand is a pretty poor show anyway, that, the fact that you can summarize it for me in the group chat in a paragraph mm. <laughs> and then I fully understand it when I, when, when I get to the film, when I get to the movie, like, okay, yeah, I get it. I, I understand. I don't, I don't need to have, I don't need to have spent 10 hours watching this. Whereas, you know, other, there are other things that like we had in our, in our most, Heated episode about Spider-Man where I was like, "You shouldn't have to spend fifty hours watching additional stuff to to make sense of one film." Whereas actually, Ooh. I didn't need to. To be fair, with a simple enough explanation, it it, it didn't it wasn't needed. So, no, I've got no desire to watch One Division on the back of it. But what this what this movie has done, it has jump started my next five Marvel films before I get bored of them again. Do you know what I mean like i am I'm, I'm content enough to carry on watching them at this point now you know what yeah. you
2: you would probably now enjoy Moon Knight, now that it's finished and you can just binge it are. yeah you will nah. it's just ignoring <laughs> um you because it is it's different enough to the other of the other things and it's weird enough that you you might get something out of it more than any of the others
1: right the series is called Moon Knight, yeah have a guess how long on screen moon knight actually appears matt the six not, episodes not, 45
0: minutes each 45 minutes each five uh, six episodes so he's got at least uh, at least half an hour if not an hour of moon knight time surely it, it's about half an hour across the whole series
1: You've got 10 minutes at the beginning and you got about 15 <coughs> to 20 at the end. That, that's all you see of Moon Knight. Oh, it's just right, not it. that interesting, unfortunately.
2: Are you talking... What are you talking about, though? Actual
1: to- Moon Knight, the man in the white suit.
2: Oh, OK. That, yeah, that's yeah. OK. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's, he's hardly in it. But it, it is a good performance by Oscar Isaac because he's great in everything. It was all due respect to him. Um... Moving on, anyway, what was the next point? The Illuminati. This has also been something that's been very divisive uh, amongst the, the fans of it, because the Illuminati come in, and obviously we've all seen the Suicide Squad, but spoilers for Suicide Squad. The first team you meet in the Suicide Squad get killed instantly, and that's what happens to the Illuminati. They get bought in. There's all this fanfare we get to see. Uh, Monica Rambeau, uh, Miss Marvel, or Captain Marvel, sorry. We get Captain Britain, Captain Carter, whatever you want to call her. Charles Xavier, Reed Richards, all come in, all get butchered within seconds as soon as they meet the uh, the Scarlet Witch. A lot and of people have really hated it.
2: You're missing? And, you're missing, you're missing the guy with the, the, the fork on his head as well.
1: Oh, fuck, Black Bolt. I had scrubbed the Inhumans from my memory banks. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But no yeah. I think that there's probably about 100 people in the entire world watch that series and mm. even I can admit it was awful it was god awful it was the worst one of all of them yeah really I, shockingly bad when I mean, the fact that they brought the same but the same actor back I was I I my little gasp the gaspometer was bigger for that the fact that they'd done that <laughs> Than bring <laughs> anyone else back it's unreal what did
1: you think of it, Stu? Like overall, of them bringing the Illuminati in and then immediately offing them. What, what did you think
2: of it? I thought it was funny. I, I mean, obviously, the whole uh, Professor X thing had been kind of spoiled by the trailer. Even I mm-hmm. knew that because he was talking and he saying he wasn't in it. And think, okay. well, yeah, we we know that you are because you're saying that you're not. So, mm-hmm. and your voice is there. So. But I didn't expect them to go like. Even though, what if tied it up with Captain Carter? The fact that they brought her back and did her justice. I mean, she didn't do herself justice in that series anyway for her awful voiceover work. <laughs> so for her to for her to come back and then be brutalized like she was. That was. Uh, yeah. That was. Unexpected. I can do this
1: all day and then gets cut in half within five yeah. seconds.
2: <laughs> and Bald's been maimed in it. That must have been a nod to X-Men Origins Wolverine. It has to have been, well, what they mm. did to Deadpool. because It was exactly the same. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was the first thing I thought of as well.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking of with that. And obviously, Charles walking in in a mind palace and being killed there. Yeah, fair play. And a, a nice secondary death for him in the space of five years. Yeah. It's yeah. the same character. I,
0: this is my major, the biggest flaw um, about this film was um, was was the, how the Illuminati was was handled in this, um, because like we've got we've got uh, Endgame and we've got Infinity War and we've got everything with Thanos and these are meant to be the 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 the, the mighty saviors that that save the world from their version of Thanos and we see him. Dead and I can't remember was something popped through his stomach or something like that in, in one of the scenes. And then they then so we have to believe that they are the best of the best. And then to be killed off just straight away like that, and even the corpse of Xavier back to life to be killed again because he looks horrendous. Patrick Stewart does <laughs> it. Is. I know he's old, um, which is absolutely fine, but it's just um I really, really didn't like the way that was handled. That was probably the worst, the worst bit about the film in that. What was meant to be our heroes in this were just were just carted off so quickly. It's like it, it made you instantly not give a shit about this world anymore because they're not up to par with our Earth's mightiest heroes, whatever the fuck they're called. Um, so that was the little that was a little bit that was a bit disappointing, to be honest. I don't know how you felt, Andy, about it, but like I maybe I'm thinking of, into it a little too much. I don't know, but.
1: See, when, when I first watched it, when I came out, my immediate thought was that was absolutely pointless. They could have got rid of that whole scene and it wouldn't have changed the film. And even thinking mm. about it no, they could have got rid of the Illuminati and it wouldn't have changed anything. But I really enjoyed it because it's pissed so many people off. And they're annoyed for the same reason they were all fucking wanking themselves silly over Garfield and fucking Maguire coming in. It was mm-hmm. just a fan service scene. Like, you didn't need Garfield and and Maguire to come in Spider-Man. They could have had Nicolas Cage's Spider-Man Noir and fucking Spider-Pig. Like, you know, they didn't (laughs) have to have those, but they did. And everyone went apeshit for it. There's been such a call over the years for John Krasinski to come in as Reed Richards. They bring him in and then fucking kill him immediately. And part of me feels like... After Sam Raimi's experience on Spider-Man 3, with not wanting to bring in um, Sandman and Venom, but being forced to by the studios. There was a little bit of that to it. A little bit of, yeah, I'll bring him in, but we're going to kill him immediately because mm. fuck you. That's kind Maybe. of what it felt like. So it completely changed. Maybe. When I took that on, I, that, it changed my opinion of it. And also it made <laughs> it made Wondra to be an absolute badass because it she did. is probably the most, like devastating creature in all of the multiverses
0: he didn't and i know that was like the means to an end but that could have been done with that could have been done with more throwaway people that people aren't clamoring for do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. have a make a way through countless superheroes but these are these are superheroes that you would have expected that post this film yeah you could have had origin stories about. You could have their own separate films about. But why would you give a shit about them now? Like the, the cats, like the horses bolted yeah. now at this point. Why would you care? What would you care Black about them bolted. now? Yeah, we, <laughs> exactly.
1: We've got we've got a Fantastic Four film coming out in 2024, 25, I think. Mm-hmm. So you are right. Like, why do we really give a shit? Personally, I hope that they don't bring John Krasinski back. I think it'd be really funny after all this time. After all these people going on and on about getting him in as Reed Richards, that all we get is two minutes and he gets killed in it. I yeah. think that'd just be hilarious. So I yeah. think they should just bring like
0: fucking Ian no. Griffith back in or something. yeah. Just anyone, it'd be really <laughs> funny. Well, Krasinski in general, like I've, I've just evaded him as an actor, like pretty much my entire adult adult life. I mean, he's fine, he's fine. Like I mean, obviously he's in a quiet place, but he's not. He's good in the office, like the American version of the office. Um, I, I just don't, I, I haven't seen a lot of stuff with him in, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, and you know, once the office got out of trying to be the English office and it became the American office, obviously that's when you think it, it excels a little bit better. It excels a bit more anyway, It'd probably be a bit more like himself.
1: He's a bit of a soft boy in the office. I never quite warmed to, uh, to Jim myself. He, he was no Tim, was he? So I, I just couldn't, uh, I don't know there's something wrong with, um, Jim and Pam. Yeah. Pam. But yeah. Stu, you're a fan, though, of uh, Krasinski, generally speaking.
2: Yeah, especially a Quiet Place, when I mean, we've talked about that. Infinite, item, maybe. Um, yeah. Mm. yeah. No problem with him. Uh, again, I, I did think it was real curly at first. when, he, where, uh, For a brief second, yeah. I thought, have they done it? Have they given him what he wants? <laughs> have, they, have they made his life? And then it was all a semi-disappointment that it wasn't him. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't want him to be in um, the Fantastic Four for me. It, it'll just confuse too many people.
1: Hmm. I, mean, well, I mean, there's a lot of confusion coming out the back of this anyway, because obviously there was no uh, no mention of an Iron Man in this world, where obviously we know that Tony Stark started everything in the, the main universe. So I think whenever you deal with multiverse or time travel or anything like that, you're always going to get, that kind of thing. You just have to ignore it and carry on regardless, I
2: think, don't you? Yeah, because you had Ultron that worked in this one. hmm Did it job
1: properly? Yeah. The explanation is that Ultron in this universe would have been created by Reed Richards, and he's infinitely cleverer than uh. Tony Stark, so that's why he didn't turn evil. But like, there are interesting stories, but I suppose that's what What If is there for to uh, to discuss. One thing that I did want to mention, there isn't really a lot to say on it. How fucking good was the scene of the fight between the two strangers with the piano?
0: Oh, man. (laughs) It was like, the second you hear that note... You know exactly what's kind of coming in terms of like the horror elements of it, etc. And then for it actually to be like on musical staves and everything else was just like I had a beaming smile across my face. The closest I've been to like what like shouting out in a cinema. Of course, I'm not going to because I'm not a fucking idiot, but (laughs) it was as close as I was going to get to doing it.
1: Uh, It was was a highlight of a film of highlights. I I thought was just it was so inventive. Because it's not something we've ever seen Strange do before, lift words out of a page to throw at people. So it just kind of came from nowhere, but it just fit that scene perfectly. i said it was incredible. The music in general was great. Yeah, Stu, is um, it Danny Elfman, was it this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thoughts on the score?
2: Yeah, I, I like Danny Elfman anyway. It, it's almost like a throwback to childhood because of the Batman stuff and all that kind of thing, and it, it's... It was Well you, it was it was very Sam Raimi in itself, wasn't it? The score was very Danny Elfman, very it it matched perfectly, as you'd expect them to. Um mm. and you if you played it on its own, you'd say, Okay, that's Danny Elfman. Straight away. Yeah. It's like it But again it set the tone of the film. It, it was quirky, it was weird, it was I'm amazed that they got a 12A with this in parts. Um,
1: well, it, I mean, it, you can go really far with horror at 12A. Like when you think back to The Woman in Black, the film with Harry Potter in, that film's fucking terrifying and that's a 12A. So like, you can go a lot further than I think that they generally do go nowadays. And this was quite gory in parts, wasn't it? To be honest.
2: Yeah, and even even the sound of the um, what were they called the 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 the, the souls later on um, when they were coming out oh, after, yeah. after, his, after his zombie self, <laughs> um, which the the zombies I thought that was a nice touch as well with the zombies um, episode of what if, and I mm-hmm. thought oh yeah okay so they've already kind of conditioned us to think about zombie versions of ourselves, and yet again here we are yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought even with that, that was very. It it was very comedy horror. The the soundtrack at that point, which he kind of. I don't, know, I think, don't think I expected it, but I enjoyed it.
1: Mm. Obviously, comedy horror is Sam Raimi's meat and potatoes, isn't it? Like yeah. you look back to Evil Dead, you know, another film about an evil book. Like it, it was. It's like this film was made for him. I'm really glad that was it Scott Derrickson was it the previous direction. I'm glad he dropped out and that um, Sam Raimi got, got to get back into this world. Apparently after he did Spider-Man 3, like he, he said he was done with making comic book movies because they just destroyed his confidence. So I'm hoping that this is the beginning of more Sam Raimi stuff. Even if it's not MCU, if it's just more Sam Raimi, then I'm I'm delighted at that, to be honest. Is there anything else spoilery before I get onto the final part of the
0: pod? Um, I think uh, well, we talked about what was kind of the, the the end bit for me, like the very very end with the whole three eyes nonsense and, uh, and okay. that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, was a kind. It wasn't cheap or anything like that. Obviously, you've got to set up the next thing. I get that, like you can't, like no plot can ever truly end, and that is the nature of the machine. That is the MCU, anyway. And I know that this is this is like comic book faithful. There's there is a story there that I don't know about. Cause I don't read any of this shit. But um, it was just a little. I like I, I wasn't I wasn't entirely convinced by the end, just because I don't know it enough. And I'm thinking, oh god, what am I going to have to research and watch just to make sense of the next <laughs> one? Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just hope, I just hope it runs as like smoothly and as linear as as this one did, which was a surprise in itself.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, the ending. First off, did Mar, uh, did Wanda die? Do you think
0: Matt? Um, she gets crushed under all that shit. Doesn't show.
1: Yeah, but do do you think that she'll be back? Do you think we she's done now with the MCU? What? she's shown Uh, to be the most powerful being in the universe is a rock falling on her really gonna kill her? do you think
0: well you'd think you'd think not but she'll you know it seemed like uh like she'd seen the error of her ways and she understood and this is now the chance for a uh a a rebirth of sorts Hmm. you know coming out from the rubble from the ashes as a new as a new character or something i don't know but um, I'd, I wouldn't expect it to be the end. It would be quite good if it was. It seemed like a fitting end to a story, and yeah. that's where like these things falter. Is that you know you've always got to tinker, you've always got to change the, you know, uh, is the MCU the Claudio Ranieri of of, of, of football managers? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, they've always got to tinker with what, what what seems to work. But yeah, I hope it is the end of, the, of our her arc. To be honest, but it's shown that because she's as devastating as and brutal as she is, why would it? it seems to you know, it's been mm-hmm. prophesied that she was going to do all these things. It seems silly that that would be the end of it. It does. My, my issue,
1: if they do bring her back, and part of me does think they will, is the same issue I have when I'm reading comic books, that when a character dies, I know they're not dead. I know they're going to be back in six, 12 issues time. Uh-huh. Um, and it just, it just cheapens death. Like, What's the point in killing someone when they'll be back? And it does feel like it would be a real cheap out if they bring her back after destroying the Darkhold
2: at the end of it. Stu, what do you think? They never brought a brother back, did they? He was dead dead and he stayed, well, other than that weirdness (laughs) in uh, WandaVision, he stayed dead dead. So they have done it before. We'll
1: see. Genuinely, I wouldn't be surprised if he rocked up in the next film.
2: The fact that she's come out and said that it, it's hampered her taking out other films, and you think, okay, you're not, you're not doing any more than are you know, <laughs> um, which I, I read today. So I'd imagine she's done now, and it makes sense moving on to the the, uh, the new batch. And oh, like you said earlier about Miss Miss Marvel. You got um, America Chavez. You're probably going to have uh, Girl Hawkeye, wherever she's going to be called, as well, thrown into mm-hmm. that as well. So. It's a nice, it's a nice bookend to her story that started all the way back with uh, in the castle, castle doom. as it? <laughs> it might as well, might as well have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but we even talked about Wong and how good Wong was. Yet again,
1: I I do like uh, Benedict Wong, isn't it? I think he's, yeah. his name. I, I, yeah, he's fantastic. He was great. The only thing that got me is you could see his hair was like growing in between shots. <laughs> because obviously he'd come back for reshoots, and his hair was longer mm. in one scene than it was in the previous.
0: But Let's yeah, not pretend great. like his Best Work wasn't in the IT crowd.
1: Oh, yeah, all day. Absolutely. But that That's always my first image of him. He's just, oh, fuck, what was his character name? I was going to say Neo, um, but it's
0: not. Oh, no, I don't know. All I know is that when he he goes, um, <laughs> he says something like, for, for someone that he's good at adding multiple numbers together to make one smaller number, you can't put two and two together. (laughs) (laughs) He proper funny, proper makes me laugh.
1: Yeah, that is class, yeah. Right, okay. So I've got a few questions just to finish it off. We, we're now out of the spoiler territory, so no more mentions of Fang anymore. or whoever. That's it. Uh, three questions for you then. We've had half of Phase 4 at this point. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternal, Spider-Man, Division, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye and Moon Knight. So overall, how are you finding Phase Four so far, Matt? I'll start with you, because I know you haven't watched any of the TV stuff. So film-wise, how are you
0: finding it? Uh, boring as balls. Mm. <laughs> um, sorry, a bit extreme. I think the ha- I think we're still massively in the hangover of Endgame. Now it was such a big finale with all of these characters coming together and it ending in in the way that it did that. Like, I understand you've got to build from the ground up now and you've got to develop your characters and you've got to make it mean something, but it's been a proper slow burn so far. And I don't care enough about any of the characters so far that have come in bar Guardians of the Galaxy, only because they had two great films behind them. Never liked Thor to begin with, to be honest. always thought they were the weakest stories of all of them. Mm -hmm. Eternals, shite. Shang Chi, I enjoyed to be fair, but am I chomping at the bit to see more of it? No, not really. So until like that credibility can build up again, which took them twenty three films to do, it's it's just a bit stale now. Like it's just a bit stale. Whereas actually now with this multiverse stuff, can't believe I'm saying this, but they've got an opportunity to do something different, and that's why it's piqued my interest a little bit.
1: Uh, Matt, you're, you're a Rick and Morty fan, aren't you? Mm-hmm. have well, you've obviously, you've watched it. Do you feel like... Because Rick and Morty is able to tell a story in the multiverse and just jump around here, there and everywhere, and you never feel lost with it. Do you feel that Marvel could use something like that?
0: Well, there was an element of that here, really, in that, actually... Rick what Rick and Morty's biggest strength is that it never tries to explain it just <laughs> he just expects that yeah. he just expects the what he expects the audience just to go along with it and fuck it why not it's just a, anything can happen so it will um and you know Marvel can adopt that philosophy really let's not insult the viewer by trying to explain it and then explain it badly just fucking go with it have a good time with it whereas I think sometimes Marvel have been guilty of trying to Find a justification for what they're doing and explain it, and then do it poorly, as opposed to let's like, just have some fun with it, as they did with, mm. with with Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's fair.
1: It was just something that came to me.
2: I mean, how many what what is her deal? How many films are we going to have with American Chavez in it? Because this could quite easily be the link to X Men and Fantastic Four. Mm, easily could be without without the whole question mark of oh well, where are you? With Thanos, then and all that, all the things that could come since with hmm, the the E film, um, but yeah, that would make a lot of sense doing it that way. If mm. if, he, if they used her to bring bring it in, maybe. Um, I mean, for me, this is <laughs> Black Widow was not very good, was it? Shang Chi yep. was oh, Shang Chi was fine, but again, felt like Phase One. Um, internals just no. Enough said. <laughs> but then you come you go from that to these two, these last two films, I thought they'd been obviously Spider-Man Noah no Home loved it. This really enjoyed. So maybe it was kind of like a it was like we gone that it was like Leicester winning the league. They'd peaked, but they always knew that they were gonna to have to have a kind of a lull period before safety and then moving pushing on again for Europe. And that's that seems to be what's happened with this. These, these last two. I mean, Moon Knight was different. Loki was all right. WandaVision was meh. What if is weird. Hawkeye is great. So it's been more mixed in this, in phase four than any of the others. I think the others have been, I think phase one was great. Phase two and three were pretty consistent and not, you could kind of, much of a much this between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been very up and down. And I like that they're starting to do different things, and obviously with twenty eight films in now, they're going to have to do different yeah. things. But there, there are there's infinite characters, infinite universes now, and I'm more excited for watching Thor now than I was before mm. because of the, the how good the last two have been.
1: So. Mm, that's fair. Because when I was thinking about this, because with Phase One, like. From the off, they were talking about the Avengers initiative. They, From the very first film, they'd set out where Phase 1 was going. And then as they went along, obviously, they then touched on the Infinity Gems and then that led up to the end of Phase 3. So it felt like they'd started it in Iron Man and then went right the way through. It doesn't feel like there's been any of that with any of the series or films that we've seen so far. I don't know what Phase 4 is about. There's an inkling that it's going to be Secret Invasion is going to be the thing with the scrolls, which is all spacey, but oh, we didn't mention one of the, the post-credit scenes, but to be honest, I don't know much about that to discuss. That looks like that's going to be going more mystical, so it looks like they're dragging it here, there, and everywhere, and it just it feels a little bit chaotic. I don't know where I'm going with Phase 4, which is why I don't think I've enjoyed it that much until this film, to be perfectly honest. But Mm. I don't think I've enjoyed it because of how it's going to fit. I think I just enjoyed it as a spectacle. So for me, I I feel that Phase 4 has been very poor, if I'm perfectly honest.
0: Uh, I agree.
1: Yeah. Um, Second question I've got for you, specifically for Doctor Strange 2, how are you rating it? Give me a score out of 10 or 5 or out of your star rating, whatever you've got. And where does it fit in your overall Marvel movies? Matt, what do you think?
0: So I think I'm giving it a solid, um, probably an 8.5, to be fair. It's not the perfect film, no, not, not much is. It loses half a point purely for the actors that play her kids, who <laughs> are all the, 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 absolute dirt, the absolute dirt worst. I, I wanted I them dead. Yeah, I can't think. I can't think of a universe within but the multiverse where I would want them to exist. <laughs> um, to be honest, um, and you know the way that we discussed around how um, some of the characters are dealt with in the film um, w- didn't, you know, quite tickle my taste buds as much as it could have, but. You know, there's an element of I enjoyed this because of how much some of the Marvel Nazis didn't enjoy it as well. <laughs> yeah. It felt very much like um, this was going to rub people up the wrong way. Um, you know, my own my own brother, he was like, yeah, I enjoyed it, but he was a bit too horror-y. He's not scared of horror; he loves horrors in comparison to me. But um, he was like, it didn't feel like it fit within the the mold of a Marvel film as much as others, and that's exactly why I, why I loved it. I think um in terms of in terms of it's it's a top five for me where it goes in there is anything between three and five i think Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um but i thoroughly enjoyed it and that's the thing and i came out of i came out of the cinema reinvigorated for what was it wasn't last chance saloon because i don't think i would give it that much credit i watched it because i knew that you two would watch it, and we'd want to talk about it, and it's just—it's the pop culture conversation,
1: isn't it? That's yeah. why we keep up with the films that we don't really give a shit about.
0: So yeah, so yeah, eight point five for me, solid. yeah. Stu?
2: Um, other uh, to be fair, I've only seen this once, and I think thinking about it, this is a, an issue now with this with Phase Four. I haven't seen any of them more than once. Which you compare to how much I've watched the, all the, the rest of them multiple times. Um, even Spider Man, I haven't watched it again yet because I was I was so mad that they didn't bring out a three D Blu Ray. Still hope, um, but but I'll, I will watch I will watch it again. But and I'll probably enjoy it more the second time around. But when I came out, I thought, well, yeah, this is a solid seven four. Um, but I enjoyed it perfectly fine. It's nowhere near my top five. I think looking at looking at that on the on the old tree, it it kind of drops round about the, the the first one, Captain Marvel, round about that kind of what, sixteen seventeen kind of bracket. So, it that's kind of where it's going to stay, I think. But again, that's not saying it's a bad film. Nowhere near a bad mm. film. It's just on on how I felt about this film. I enjoyed it. More than I thought I would. Um, but for me, it's not top 10 material. But Fair
1: enough. Go. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got it at like a 4 out of 5 or an 8 out of 10, however you want to look at it. I really, really enjoyed myself watching this film. Like Matt said, it's not like technically it's not a great film as a work of art or anything like that. It's a fun romp, which is... All I really want, to be honest, in in one of these type of films. It lent into the horror, which is very much my cup of tea. So, yeah, it it was great. And I'm probably going to put it in my top five as well, I think, um, because it does fit in with those um, director-forced sort of movies that are generally the ones that I like within the MCU. So it Mm -hmm. sort of ticks all the boxes that I like in an MCU film. So yeah, and, and as Matt said, I, I've, I am enjoying the, the Chard <laughs> and Freud that's coming with Marvel fans not quite liking it. So yeah, it's all good for me. It's all gravy. Uh, the final question I've got: complete the sentence. If you do, enjoyed Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, you may also like Stu
2: Oh God, um... <sighs> Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> <laughs> just go and watch it you won't uh, just just watch it people you you won't you'll thank me eventually it's funny it's good fun
1: okay matt
0: if you liked the more horrory elements than you did the marvelous superhero of it but you also enjoyed the comedy elements of it just go watch cabin in the woods because you'll absolutely enjoy that side of it a horror film that is a comedy that is a horror film that doesn't take itself seriously and leans into all of the tropes that's come before it in terms of in terms of horror and you'll have a blast that's a great choice
1: um for me i'm going to say everything everywhere all at once um that's the real multiverse of madness like it is proper off the wall they really do go into the the outer echelons of of what you expect from the multiverse these all just look like different versions of doctor strange wearing a different colored tunic in everything everywhere (laughs) all at once even in the trailer so this isn't a spoiler they have characters who've got sausages for fingers they properly lean into the ridiculousness of it all so that that's the film you need to be watching if you want some multiversal craziness
2: i haven't seen it yet so can't say
1: it's going to be at, at our cinema on the 20th of May. It was released on the 13th, but it does look like it's not getting a wider release until next week. So that'll be like Friday for the people listening to the podcast now. So, yeah, get on it. It's. I mean, like, obviously, it's very early. We're still only halfway through the year, but that that's going to be in the top five next year. I can, I can tell now it was it was momentous. It was brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Next week, we are doing a question cast. It'll be question cast number 45. So it'll be a top fives uh, list. Need to figure out which one we're doing. So we'll let you know, obviously, when we get there. Um, If you can make sure you've got us subscribed on whatever podcatcher you use, make sure you've got us on the socials at cagefightingpod and any emails to cagefightingpod at gmail.com. If you've got any idea of any games that we can play or quizzes that we can use, because I'm running out of one-star reviews from Amazon, uh, please (laughs) let us know and just drop us an email because we would thoroughly appreciate it. Uh, For this week, Matthew, would you like to say goodbye?
0: I will say goodbye. But what I also want to ask of our adorable listeners, if you have another podcast that you listen to on a regs that we would definitely get on, so we're not obviously going to get on I don't know, Gok One's podcast. I don't know why that came to mind.
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know. I wanted to say... Is that WandaVision?
0: No, I don't know. It's it's because you look so fabulous doing that shirt, is what that is. Um, If there's any other podcasts that you'd like to hear us on, tell them, get them to get in touch with us. And let's do a little collab lab and whether we can um, spread the word about ourselves. So let us know if there's any podcasts that we should be checking out and any that we should be getting involved with as well and we will um, we will make the magic happen. But ciao
2: for now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Always have a good recommendation. So yeah, it's a good call that is, Matt. Stu, would you like to say goodbye?
2: Yeah, I didn't... This is weird that I have got a Marvel T-shirt on. This is completely unintentional. <laughs> These things just happen. Yeah. It is short weather, so get them legs out, people. Ta
1: <laughs> It's goodbye from me. And remember. Be excellent to each other. Um.